Welcome to the Women in Industry podcast. My name is Denise Morris. Today I'm interviewing Kirsty Davis Chinnick, founder of Women with Metal and Women in Industry. How are you doing, Kirsty? I'm fine. It seems really weird not to have the questions in front of me. You're going to get grilled. asking them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've just been doing some phenomenal work. So this is probably a fantastic opportunity really to share more about what you've been doing and also any future exciting plans. So, are you ready? I am. Go on then. Okay. So, this being the new year and last year you released um, 32 um, episodes of Women in Industry podcasts. Just firstly, I was quite intrigued to find out really how and why you started it. Um, I had some time off over Christmas, which I do every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really lucky our industry shuts down. Um, and with one thing and another, I've tended to take a few days before Christmas. And so it was wonderful. It was relaxing. And then I got bored. <laughs> so I, I, I was sort of having a mooch about on my phone. I, you know, I played Candy Crush for a bit. And, and I was like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I don't want to watch a film. I don't want to read. And I started listening to some podcasts. And I was really enjoying it. And then I was like, I can't seem to find one that's focusing on women in the industrial, in the manufacturing sector. So I thought, I'll do my own. And I came back to work in January, really fired up to do it. And then, quite frankly, I lost my nerve um, and just sort of parked it on the back burner. And then I thought, no, I'll do it to coincide with International Women's Day in March. And then I parked it on the back burner. And then I just went, oh, what the hell, let's just do it. And, yeah, just did it (laughs) eventually. Yeah, I mean, again, I think... In itself, it can inspire many people and most people, especially given that representation is really important. Um, Have you had any favourite guests so far? And can you say? Uh, Well, obviously, all my guests have been fantastic. Um, I'm just so grateful they've taken the time out of their busy day. Their companies have allowed them to do it. Um, I think for me, the first guest, Joanna Brooks, I... I mean, she she really sort of jumped off the cliff with me. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Shall we, you know, you don't mind being the first guest, do you? So uh, it was really nice of her to do that. And I've met some fantastic women um, just doing this. And then it's a bit like going down a rabbit hole. You mm. You talk to one person and then you end up talking to another person because they've commented on, you know, perhaps a LinkedIn or social media post about their podcast. So um, Catherine Evans, who founded Boulders Brass, which is all about um, correctly designed and well-fitting PPE for women. She's a a geologist and has been an offshore geologist as well. Um, And then through her, I met Amanda Marshall, who's the director and designer of Three Donkeys. um, And they've designed the first women's two-in-one coveralls which they've now worked with a company called Leo Workwear to roll out in high-vis for women who work um, in environments that need that sort of protection Mm. so you sort of meet one woman and then they lead you to some others and lead you to some others and 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 that that's just been really really interesting 
Do you think the timing of it is also has been a great impact on the types of the quality of guests, the subject matters, the interest in what you're doing? I think one of the things that has helped, um, particularly for some of the guests, is the time, as you say, sort of 2023. Um, some people are still hybrid working, depending on their role. Um, others are back on site. And it's, it, as you said earlier on, representation matters. And, and I, I think there's much more of a, a growing recognition of that. Mm-hmm. A lot more companies are talking about um, having equitable workplaces. A lot of them are putting an awful lot of work in to do that. I know of several stainless steel companies, the industry I'm most heavily involved in, mm-hmm. who, you know, are really, really putting their money where their mouth is when it comes to that. And I, I think it's there's been a slow change or things have been slow to change but they have in the background but no Mm. one's really been vocal about it or advertised it or shouted about it and and people are starting to do that now I think you know with with the fact that the skills shortage and it's uh can be difficult to recruit people you need to fish from every pond you can find Mm. um and a lot of companies are are really pushing out how they are an inclusive environment or how they want to be an inclusive environment. I said advocacy is is key, but what also are the challenges? Yeah, there there, there are challenges. Um, There's no easy answer. One of the things I had a lot of conversations about in 2023 uh, with a lot of different women in manufacturing and women in industry is that some people are looking at flexible working as a way to encourage women into manufacturing industrial workplaces. But by flexible working, they mean following on from COVID, they can work hybrid and work from home. Yeah. And I, I sort of keep banging my head against the wall on this. Um, and one of my previous guests, uh, Nat McCauley, um she's with me on this so in, in fact we were at a dinner where we just literally were banging the table about it that's fine but what you're ending up doing there is you are looking to recruit women into you know great careers in in great companies but predominantly in accountancy finance hr sales purchasing and not into operational type roles because you can't run a machine or run a factory from your living room. You, you've got to be on the floor. And one of the things that I said and Nat um, agreed with is, you know, I've spent, I probably spent the first 20 years of my career getting rid of the 70s, 80s, us and them sort of separation between people who had production roles and people who had office-based roles getting rid of that us and them, the overalls and a suit and tie uh, degree of separation, which was on, you know, both sides, but getting rid of that. And you, we, you've got rid of that and, and people are working together as a team. There's no perception that somebody is better because they're not getting their hands dirty. Mm. And we've got rid of that. And now it, 
it would be very easy with this, let's get more women in the workplace, but give them hybrid flexible working roles to bring it back in, but throw gender in it as well. And, and that doesn't even address the fact that that is making a massive assumption that if the, that is because of family responsibilities, we're automatically assigning um, the family responsibilities to the woman and not the man. Mm. I see in over during the course of many, many conversations I've had with female leaders, that seems to be the common theme. But can I ask you, Kirsty? You have several roles, right? So being a woman in the industry that you're in, you also hold a position. So managing director of professional polishing services limited, uh, you're director of uh, British Stainless Steel Association. You've got several non-executive roles, recently been appointed on onto uh, Tech Midlands Women in Leadership um, Network Committee. So many hats that you wear. And then you also founded, not like you had enough to do already, you also founded the Women With Metal um, Limited, which was a conference that I participated in. Thank you so much for the invitation. But it's really to represent and to reflect and help and advise women, give them guidance within the industry, within a conference setting where you're able to share ideas, network, people are able to build their support network. And I think for me personally, seeing you do that was a very proud moment for me. But the same token, I just want to find out a few things. So first... How did you come up with the idea? What was the concept? What were you looking to do and achieve? I, I can't take credit for the, the well, I can take credit for the concept because I can, um, but it stemmed from a conversation I had with somebody in the industry. He's a really, really great guy and he's involved in um, several businesses and one of them is recruitment within the metals industry. And he, he rang me and he just went, look, I'm looking at, various things he said there's a golf day there's clay pigeon shooting there's a five-a-side football um tournament going on there's nothing for the women and you know a lot of companies i'm talking to are going we want you know 50 50 gender split applications for any roles we advertise you know we're we're really really serious about improving um improving our workplace to become more equitable that's what we want to do he said there's nothing for the women cursed can you run an afternoon tea which i took greatly in the spirit of which he meant it um and that was on the wednesday and by the friday i'd booked five speakers including yourself and on the monday i um booked park regis hotel in birmingham um, and I was like, oh, there's probably only going to be 30 or 40 people in the room, including the speakers. You know, please sign me up for the lowest number I'm going to be financially viable for that I have to pay you for. Because obviously I was doing it myself. And I just mm. sort of said to my husband, you don't mind if I gamble sort of three or four grand of our life savings on running this. And, if you know, it could all go horribly wrong. And and it it took off. So within a matter of months, we had... Uh, a sold out conference over 100 well over 100 women nearly 110 women um for a day-long conference variety of speakers 
um, variety of networking opportunities. And, and that was the 10th of October. And by the 23rd of October, Women With Metal was uh, a limited company, um, shortly followed by being VAT registered and, and everything else. And then we booked 2024's conference and planned the first regional event for 2024 as well. That's amazing. Amazing. So just to delve in a little bit more. So from the time that you delivered the conference, what's the feedback been? I've had some fantastic feedback. What's been, which is just great because it validates everything I wanted to do. Um, the buzz around it was just amazing on LinkedIn. The most important feedback has been constructive. Um, I mean, I got an Uber back after the venue home and I was sitting there typing notes on my phone on uh, the position of the speakers, um, using handheld microphones, you know, next time we'll have radio mics, just all these little things that I could see I could improve. Um, but, you know, I've, I've never run anything like this before, you know, pretty much making it up as I go along. So, but so some of the constructive feedback about um, people who were sitting in the back couldn't necessarily see the speakers because they weren't on a stage. All little things like that were, were really, really useful. But yeah, the, the buzz out there has just been fantastic. I think within, I can't go into too much detail uh, because we'll be making an announcement later on in January. Um, but within three days of the conference, I was talking to people in mainland Europe about an international version for 2024, which is just crazy, absolutely crazy. Well, that segues nicely into some of what we've got in store in, in 2024. What are the plans? So January is the first regional event, which is the 23rd of January. It's at Hilton Garden in Birmingham. And we're bringing back uh, one of your co-speakers from the 2023 conference, Steph Snaid. And we are going to be looking at a goal setting workshop. We've got the main conference booked for the end of October, 29th of October, um, which coincides with Advanced Engineering Week at the NEC. Um, and that's going to be held at the, takes a deep breath, the ICC Birmingham, the International Conference Centre. Um, we're working on the speakers and the content for that um, to maximise return on investment for all the attendees, both for their personal and professional development, but also for the companies that are paying for them to attend. Mm. Um, it, it, it's a fine line of giving them the networking opportunities. And I know um, in, in the, within the first two or three hours of last year's conference, people were finding connections, uh, finding people they could do business with, um, which is just absolutely great. Yeah. Um, but it's also about giving personal connections you know, we're in this industry and it's not limited to the metals industry. You know, the metals is a huge industry when you look at everything from raw materials and the will, uh, the mills and the stockholders to processing, to fabrication, to installation. Or, you know, it's huge. All the different um, sectors from aerospace, 
engineering, food and drink equipment, nuclear, pharmaceutical, architectural fixings. Um, You know, it is huge, but it means that people are in a room where there will be a supplier of raw material and an end user and everybody in between. Um, And it just means that those connections can be made and that they might not result in an order straight away, but what they're going to result in is an increased network of your peers within your sector. And then we're going to have um, probably two more regional events over 2024, mm-hmm. uh, one northish and one southish, um, and yet then hopefully something really spectacular that I can't announce yet. We well, can't wait. We're looking forward to to hearing a bit more. So we've talked and we've covered a few things in terms of what what you're doing to help and promote and advocate for women. But initially now, bread and butter, the role as managing director. So for professional policy services, what is the plans there? We've um, finished off 2023 um, after an interesting year. Mm -hmm. Um, Manufacturing last couple of quarters of 2022 and the first couple of quarters of 2023 were is if I'm to put it in a technical term I would say was meh was all right (laughs) um we were really lucky this year um or we worked hard and and won a nice new account um which has come online in the second half of 2023 so that's given us room to grow uh we've recruited uh another person in the commercial team um, we're looking to recruit more in, in the first half of 2024. Um, so we've got some exciting plans with regard to what we call plant improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as it's it's lovely to go out and spend a quarter of a million pounds on a sexy new machine, um, there's other stuff in the background. So we've done quite a lot of R&D in 2023. That's coming through to fruition on digitalization um, and factory four. Um, we've been investing in um, uh, new handling equipment mm-hmm. um, and, and that's ongoing into 2024. So a lot of the sort of things ticking along in the background. And then we've got September, the UK Metals Expo, which is the third expo. And it will be the third one that we're in at again and we've taken a slightly bigger stand for 2024 um it's going to be a much bigger show and yeah that's going to be really exciting i don't even know where you have time in the day to fit everything in that you're doing currently doing and planning to do Uh, but it's phenomenal work but what i want to actually find out more about now is What's what's going to be on the horizon for you, Kirsty? I'm going on holiday in 2024. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Um, yeah, it, it has been busy. I, I've got a great team at PPS, um, and they are absolutely fantastic. And I took on at the beginning of November, middle of November. Um, a great VA who's doing a lot of the heavy lifting with women with metal. So that's Mm. really freed me up just to say, I want to do this next. 
can you go and make it happen? And, and she, she does. So thank you, Alexis. Um, but yeah, I have got a couple of trips away with my husband uh, this year. We're doing a rather nice stay um, uh, in London. We're going to the Langham, which um, we, you know, we looking forward to experiencing the luxury. Um, and we're going to Barcelona for a few days. Um, so that's nice. And then one of my biggest hobbies is going to the theatre. Um, and I think I've already got about nine theatre trips booked, particularly looking forward to seeing Hamilton at the Birmingham Hippodrome. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 I'm really, really lucky to be able to go and do that fairly frequently. I'm a patron of Birmingham Hippodrome as well, um, which is great because I occasionally get freebies. So thank you, Judith. John. Um, so it's great to be able to support the work that they do with their development trust, which is for uh, young people in Birmingham and the West Midlands um, to get them involved in the performing arts, which is just fantastic. Fantastic. So with your plans for 2024, you can tell me now, it's just between us girls. Which guest would you really love to have and have featured on the podcast? Who's oh. your wish? Who would be on your wish list? Oh, oh gosh. Do you know who I would love to have on the podcast? Hmm. Um, even though she doesn't have, even though her primary businesses aren't necessarily manufacturing, I'd love to have Deborah Meaden on. Um, because I just find her fascinating. I really, really do. Um, and it would be great to talk to her about Hilary DeVay as well, um, mm -hmm. who um, was my sort of smoking buddy at the Women of the Year Awards uh, before she passed away. We always used to meet for a cigarette. Um, so, I mean, there are so many fantastic women out there. It would be nice to feature a high profile name like Deborah Mead and because then hopefully people who haven't listened to us, and we've had thousands of listens, will then go back and listen to, um, you know, the, the what I would call the normal people <laughs> like <laughs> us, you know, uh, the normal people who, you know, get up and go to work and do a fantastic job every single day of the week. So then that's a fantastic segue as we kind of conclude. So. For all the podcasts that you've done and I've listened to, you always kind of finish off by asking um, the guests what's the best advice that you would um, that you've ever received. So it'd be good to find out what's yours. Mine is uh, from a customer actually, um, and we had a really really horrible mechanical breakdown on one of our lines a few years ago. Um, and we're, we're the only people in the UK who've got this machine who can do this work. Uh, and we've got two competitors in mainland Europe. So there's only three machines in the whole of Europe that can do this. Um, and ours broke. And we tried to fix it in-house and it didn't work. So I had to sort of like um, call my engineers in who have to come from Italy. So, you know, it's not like they're just jumping a car and they're there three hours mm. later. Uh, we have to have stuff shipped in, um, tools, special tools shipped over. 
which is a lot more complicated post-Brexit than it was prior to that. So the whole thing is is really, really um, difficult to manage. And you, you, you communicate as openly as you can with customers. You know, this has happened, it is broken. And you always get someone go, what part is broken? And it, and you understand that what they're actually asking is not what part is broken, it's how long is the machine going to be down for? You know, because I could tell him it was the left phalange and that, you know, they wouldn't know any different. Um, so what they need to know is how long it's going to impact them, not necessarily what the actual problem is. Mm. And, and it, we were going to be down for, you know, near enough two weeks, which is a huge amount of capacity to take out of only three machines in Europe. And for us, you know, it's half the month's capacity. It's very painful. Um, and we'd had one or two people shout at us. And, you know, that that it happens, you know. You've got to take the good with the bad. You know, you get the order off them. They pay your bill and that's lovely. When something goes wrong and they need to go home and kick the cat, you know, mm. you've you've just got to listen and empathise. And I remember ringing a customer and I, I was sort of like, I'm making all these phone calls and all I'm doing, even if they're absolutely fantastic and understanding, all I'm doing is letting them down and giving them a problem every time I pick up the phone. And this customer said to me, it is what it is. The one thing you need to remember is that it's not life and death. It's just metal. And just that phrase, it's not life and death, it's just metal, um, is something that I still use when I'm talking to my team here and when I'm talking to, you know, colleagues outside in the industry. It's not in a frivolous way, but in a, yes, it's a problem. The problem will be overcome. We'll solve this challenge and then we can move forward. So, yeah. Thank you. And just before we fully conclude, um, where do people go to find more information about podcasts? Um, you know, what the future plans hold? Do you have a newsletter and people can subscribe to them? What's the information, Kirsty? Yes. So if you go to um, the womenwithmetal.com website, you can subscribe to our monthly newsletter, which comes out. That also does feature information on the Women in Industry podcast and womeninindustry.org is our website for the podcast. And you can find us by searching Women in Industry podcast on Spotify, Google, Amazon, Apple, and we're also on YouTube as well. Excellent. It has been a pleasure to speak to you, Kirsty. Thank you very much for being the guest host. You're very welcome. Thanks for um, inviting me. It's been a pleasure.